Remember, as you're enjoying this fabulous podcast of the radio show, you can also get the Armstrong and Getty One More Thing podcast and Armstrong and Getty Extra Large, our long-form interviews, available via the iTunes podcast app and the iHeart app. What is the problem? People need to calm down, get a little less politically correct, and I would say, you know... Love everybody. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. This is a freak show. An intergalactic freak show. What do you make of that? It's about right. I keep telling my colleagues um, that this is the new normal. God help us all. Hold on a sec. I'm going to get me a beer. Well, who wouldn't want an opportunity to talk to Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty? Well, uh, Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty, who host the popular uh, radio talk show, ask the same question of their listeners, and here's their response. Make America grande again. I give you America itself. This is Ed McMahon, and now, here's Armstrong and Getty. Studio C. You know what it is? It's a dimly lit room, deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. And today we are under the tutelage of our general manager. Threats. Global threats bearing down upon us all. What is that voice you're using? There? That's my serious voice. Gotcha. For serious times. Huh. It's my kind of World War II footage announcer voice. Gotcha. And then the Nazi onslaught began. It's that voice. Yeah, one day every year they have all the heads of the various security agencies yeah. sit there in front of Congress and talk about what the dangers around the world are. And it was pretty interesting yesterday, so we'll go through that a little bit. I thought it was extremely interesting and extremely annoying that the entirety of the U.S. media, including Fox News, cast it all as, look at these differences with what, what Donald Trump said. And some of them were kind of interesting. Some of them were not But shouldn't, at all. That, shouldn't that be a separate conversation? Shouldn't we take a look at... Well, well, right. Right. What the various threats are all around the world. Right. And then if we want to take a, talk to a person's view of it, who's the leader of one branch of government, that'd be fine. Right. I mean, especially because if you're even a child, well, probably not many children, but uh, a young adult, perhaps, uh, can't even grow a proper mustache. Or a young woman. Why be sexist? Would understand that some of the things the president says are bargaining positions. And yes, the intelligence pros might have a different view of it than his bargaining position. Okay, great, super. Now you're talking about it. Anyway, we'll get into it later. I'm talking Um, about why we shouldn't be talking about it. That's completely different. I think this is interesting. I just heard this. So uh, the media is in an uproar. Super Bowl media day. And that for the first time ever, the halftime act is not going to answer questions. Oh, wait a minute. Maroon oh, yes. 5 is not going to answer yeah. questions. And what I about thought, it if people tried to know? And I thought, well, that's silly. First of all, who needs to hear from Maroon 5? Why would you be in an uproar? Why does this even make this? But do you know why they're not allowing questions? Because there are so many different groups that are angling for them to back out of the Super Bowl as a protest. Oh, right. Whether it's Colin Kaepernick's crowd or, or various other crowds, that they just don't want to have to answer the questions about it. Right. Which I wouldn't want to either. Look, we, we play our guitars and sing songs. Just leave us alone. Children are dying in New Guinea. Don't you care about that? You should protest the Super Bowl by blah, blah, blah or something. You know, whatever wow. it is. Wow. Um, and, uh, and not play your songs. 
So they, they just decided, well, we're not going to answer questions. Forget it. Which I don't blame them. Uh, let's introduce everybody in the squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Good. I'm getting a lot of requests for the uh, bean and cheese dip that I like oh, to make yeah. every year for football games. So uh, oh, yeah. I will put that on my blog, and I will make sure everybody has access to it so you can have it this Sunday. You know, in reality, the Super Bowl doesn't really happen at my house. Nobody's interested in it. Uh, I usually watch some of it after everybody's gone to bed. And I would like it, I would like it if I could change some of that this year, get a little atmosphere going. But wow. We'll see if that happens. Maybe. Uh, the past seven, eight years, as long as I've had children, I, I watch some of the Super Bowl after everybody's gone to bed. Maybe you, like you and Henry take one team and, and Sam and your wife take the other and Whoever wins gets an extra big piece of cake or something like that. I don't know. Although, if you go to the park or something on uh, while the Super Bowl's on, it's not very many people there. Mm. It's a good day to do other stuff. Yep. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Now, of my favorite kind of emotional states of, of the human condition, uh, my favorite would probably be uh, loosely categorized as like a zen sort of being, right? You don't, you don't hold grudges. You let stuff just kind of roll off you. My second favorite... Human state of emotion is pettiness, and I want people to be as petty as they as they feel they need to be. That's good. And there is the Bronx Zoo is giving people a wonderful chance to be petty this year, as you can. Uh, they're having a name a cockroach uh, promotion where for fifteen dollars you can name a living, breathing Madagascar hissing cockroach oh, on Valentine's Day yeah. after one of your exes. And I think everybody should do this, because I think there's some good cleansing of the soul that happens from this. Expunge the the, the grudge that you're holding on. Uh, get it out of your system. Name a cockroach after your your enemy, your ex, whatever it is, and then and then let it be done, and, and let it go, and then get on with your life. That reminds me that on my kids' favorite show, uh, All Hail King Julian, a Netflix cartoon, the lemurs, uh, the lemur that was running for president, ran on... Let's make Madagascar great again. Oh, boy. And he was going to build a wall to keep the animals from the other side of the island from uh, wow. coming over. Wow. <laughs> That's uh, a little on the nose, yeah, isn't say. it? Uh, there's Marsha Phillips who does our, speaking of Trump being in everything, in my kids' cartoons. Yes. There's Marsha Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I'm doing very well. Went out to a clean, well-lit outlet after work and bought another handful of scratchers. This was a move prompted by getting a letter, a real Snail mail letter hmm? from Armstrong and Getty listener Mike in Black Diamond, Washington. He sent me a special scratch tool. He claims that using it's going to oh. give me 10 times more luck. So the scratchers are marinating, and tomorrow we'll put the new scratch tool to the test to see if it's any luckier than my old timey quarters. Got a uh, four leaf clover on there. Yes. Marshall, it, it looks lucky to me. I've inspected it, and I've found it to be lucky. Are yes. you gambling on the Super Bowl? No. never. You, you no. don't invest in the Super Bowl? No, I do not want to tarnish the uh, nobility of the game. <laughs> I am a buddy of mine bringing home a, f- a five five pages of propositions oh, yeah. that are available oh, on yeah. the game. Yeah. I'm going to throw a little money around. I, you know, because I'm not honestly that interested in the game. I was so into the Chiefs and hoping it was Chiefs Saints. You know, and the final score, 65-63. Or Chiefs-Rams replicating the greatest game of the season. Uh, yeah, good been great. point. Yeah, that game was a, a mind-blower. Yeah, so I'm kind of bummed about it. But if I have, like, 14 different wacky bets on, you know, the <laughs> odd number of points in the third quarter and stuff like that, I'll be able to pay attention. It is less fun for me, even as a non... 
football fan that, okay, you're the team that won the coin toss, so you're here, and you're the team that uh, they blew a call that everybody agrees was wrong. Yeah, okay, Pretty well, uh, arguably, that's, yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. On Wednesday, January 30th, the year 2019, we're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. You know, like Maroon 5, I don't want to answer any questions from the media either. So let's begin climbing up according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. Go back to getting ratioed on Twitter. Go back to Davos with the other billionaire elite who think they know how to run the world. That's not what democracy That's not what something democracy needs. So that was the rest of Guy yelling at Howard Schultz in a coffee shop. Yeah, that's the uh, the Oliver Stone director's cut of of the heckle. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Which began, of course, with his now famous legendary screed about billionaires. Don't help elect Trump, you egotistical billionaire. Well, there is a problem from Kamala Harris, who out of the gate is talking about Medicare for all, and both of the billionaire Democrats are saying that's a terrible idea. Yes. Both both Bloomberg and Howard Schertz are saying that makes no sense on any level, dollar-wise. We would bankrupt... They both have said that would bankrupt the nation. What does that have to do with whether it's a good idea? Don't you have any compassion? But that's a tough one right out of the, right out of the box. What are other headlines, Marshall Phillips? U.S.-China trade talks start today under a growing cloud of suspicion and threat. Trump is Twitter bombing the congressional players working on the border security compromise plan, and it turns out Facebook is willing to pay you for your data. Coming up. Are they now? How does mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. It's a sprawling epic. Uh, looking forward to getting to it. Hope we can squeeze a, a bunch of correspondence in. You can email us now if you want mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. And the State of the Union address is back on, right? Yes, sir. Tuesday. Week from last night. Correct. Week from today, we'll be jabbering about how fantastic it was. Oh, boy. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> you are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The specific issue being Kamala Harris said we need to eliminate private insurance, and both Bloomberg and Schultz said that's a terrible idea. Uh, they probably said that because it is. So that, I just, you know, I think that's a problem right off the bat. Now, I just saw a headline Kamala Harris walks back statement from yesterday. Oh, boy. So, but, man, if you're already walking back, your big, uh, your big, platform positions that are going to launch you to the top. I don't know. The troubled candidacy of Kamala Harris. I'm telling you, there's a lot that's going to happen. I realize that's an obvious thing to say, but that, uh, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. The dynamics in play are really interesting sure. and, and perhaps historical. Uh, mailbag. So I was looking for a freedom-loving quote of the day today, and I turned to one of my faves, my, my spirit animal, really, my spirit guide, Milton Friedman. And uh, there are so many good ones to choose from. I thought, let's do Milton Friedman week. Then I realized it's Wednesday. <laughs> so this is either a very late start or a very early start to Milton Friedman week. <laughs> a society that puts equality before freedom will get neither. 
A society that puts freedom before equality will get a high degree of both. Hmm. Hmm. Think about it. Nice note from Michael. Says, uh, I want to thank your team for starting off my day with a smile. Appreciate Michelangelo's driving tips. Always am. Positive Sean's cat training podcasts and Marshall's exercise videos. Jeez. Uh, he wishes uh, your son well and his struggles, Jack, and looks forward to listening to the 24th most popular radio duo in the USA for a long time. I, I believe we were the 24th most powerful. I think that was the actual term. I don't remember. In the, the list in Talkers Magazine, and uh, the rumor is we are ascendant. We're going to be higher next year. It could be 20. Low 20s, high teens. <laughs> Dare to dream. <laughs> anyway, thanks thanks a bunch for the note. That's nice of you to take a minute just to say something uh, pleasant and, and supportive in these bitter, bitter times. <clears throat> uh, back to the topic of Hogan's Heroes. <clears throat> Lydia says, uh, quick note to let you know I nearly squealed with glee upon hearing you mention Hogan's Heroes in this morning's broadcast. That was yesterday. Why did Hogan's Heroes come up? Schultz. Oh, yeah. The yeah, uh, right. a texter guessing that Trump will call Howard Schultz Colonel Sergeant. Sergeant, Sergeant Schultz. Sergeant Schultz. Yeah. It, it, it <clears throat> does occur to me that that would be rather insensitive as the man is of Jewish heritage. Um, Somebody would try to make something out of that. I don't right. think that would necessarily have to be the case. No, and and, and honestly, the uh, the former uh, capo de capo of Starbucks doesn't strike me as the sort of guy who'd try to make hay with that anyway. Um, anyway, Sergeant Schultz. So that's why we're talking about Hogan's Heroes, the charming American sitcom of the sixties and seventies, which took place in a Nazi prisoner of war camp. Sounds Nazi hilarious. Germany. In it, case you're here from Mars, <laughs> does sound hilarious. Anyway, uh, almost squealed with glee. <laughs> I'm 21 years old. I've watched that show for as long as I can remember. My younger brother and I have quoted from it from a young age. Uh, Court-martialed, shot, and sent to the Russian front being our favorite line. Man, the more you know about World War II, the more amazing that line is. Regular threats in this sitcom. He'll be court-martialed and shot. And everybody laughs. Ha! The laugh track goes. Ha! 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 Here's the laugh track. We're going to have you court-martialed and shot. We'll send you to the Russian front. <laughs> oh, where the millions died. Oy. Anyway, I'm such a fun suck. I'm sorry. My- it is, it's just a, what a funny idea, though. A, a peculiar idea. Humor yes. is a coping mechanism. Yeah, that yeah. is absolutely true. My teenage sisters and I now rarely engage in text conversations without several quotes from the show peppered throughout. Just thought you'd want to know there are folks under 30 with a knowledge and enthusiasm for such sophisticated elements of American culture. Thanks for being the voices of reason in the media. Enjoy your show daily uh, in, we, in beautiful uh, Reno, Nevada, so not would, Nevada. They would be threatened with, hmm. the, the Germans would be threatened with being sent to the Russian front where they would be, would, they would freeze to death or be killed. And they would all they would look at the camera and kind of shake. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then the laugh track would play. Oh, look at Oh, chicken Nazis. You would have Do never want to go to the Russian front. Maybe this is too dark, but you would have never been able to interview those men on both sides, the Nazis and the Russians, there in the winter of 41 and say, you know, someday they're going to make a sitcom about this, where this will be the punchline. You being right here. Not really. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> This is not funny. <laughs> no, no, it's not. Uh, let's see. Frequent correspondent Elise says our dear canine German Shepherd uh, named Clink listens with us to Armstrong and Getty every day. He thanks you for playing his theme song. <laughs> uh, 
Oh, and then she expresses her uh, her serious enjoyment of the One More Thing podcast, which has uh, just begun. is available on Apple iTunes. Uh, and is there something else I'm supposed to say about that? I don't see it's it. It's now available on iTunes, which is a step forward. There that's you go. where probably, probably, your that's tape where... gave way, Hanson. It was a poor taping job. <laughs> it flapped. It flopped down in the back of my computer monitor. Uh, Armstrong. Oh, uh, our daily on-demand podcast, all four hours of the show, and Armstrong and Giddy Extra Large, our long-form interviews, which we'll be getting back to soon. It's available nationwide. <laughs> well, the, it's available on the internet. Get more details at armstrongandgetty.com. There. Uh, let's see. Oh, man, this is a great story. I'm going to hold off on that one. It's this... about the cops banging on the door in the middle of the night and guns and Roger Stone and the rest of it. Yes, Sean, what is it? <laughs> mm, Briefly. Not, not worth it now, but this sort of uh, organization is what it takes to ascend up the ranks of Talkers <laughs> Magazine. Exactly. Right. <laughs> if you could d- d- learn how to use Scotch tape, we'd be in the top ten. <laughs> Trying to figure out where Idiot. our podcast is. Uh, dear Big Freedom and uh, OSJ, old Simple Jack. In light of Sean's extremely astute hot take with respect to the new Florida felon voting law, um, that that will have a greater effect than, what was it? Were you than, any, than a third-party candidate. All right, yeah, uh, perhaps. Um, uh, there's a, here's a more ph- philosophical, albeit less incisive, hot take of my own. The fact that Schultz's platform as we know it is now being decried, not only by the left but mainstream Democrats as a whole, is indicative of how wide the Overton window has become. Oh, the Overton window. We'll explain that? that in a minute. We don't have time. On an, but we will get back to it, and it's really interesting. On another timeline, any other timeline, Schultz's proposals would be embraced by the DNC. This world, however, has the Dems competing to out-marx each other in a crab-pot-like fashion. That might not hold, though, as of yesterday. And Kamala Harris walking back her uh, doing away with insurance companies today. Maybe it was a step too far there. We'll explain the Overton window and how you can get Overton windows installed for zero down this month only. Stay with us. Fantastic. Keep out the cold, keep in the heat with Overton windows. (laughs) It's actually a little different. Stay with us. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. for president would be tough. It reminds me of when um, uh, like uh, generals talk about uh, battle plans. Your battle plan goes out the window the second you engage the enemy. Right. Because they, right. they react, and then you have to react, and now you're off on a different track. Absolutely true. And that has just happened in the last 24 hours with Kamala Harris and Bloomberg and uh, Schultz. Well, here's my track. I'm a man who keeps his promises. Uh, the Overton window is essentially the range of ideas or policies that are worth discussing, that are reasonable enough that people will come together and discuss them. Um, in the United States, out-and-out Marxism is not within the Overton window. Neither is, you know, frankly, uh, regulation-free uh, anarcho-capitalism. So when that one guy ran for president and his main thing was eliminating the metric system. Yeah, that was... Uh, outside the Overton window? I think that was inside the Overton window. Really? Just nobody cared. Okay. <laughs> that was outside the give-a-damn window. <laughs> um, and the point of our emailer then was that policies that were unthinkable a decade ago are now within the political Overton window in the United States. Clearly. And they're all to the left. Clearly. Yeah. 
Blinds or drapes on the Overton window? Depends. Depends on your needs. News now with Marsha Phillips. Uh, U.S. and Chinese negotiators uh, negotiators starting two days of high-level talks today aimed at settling a six-month trade war. The differences between Beijing and Washington are vast. The U.S. is essentially demanding that China clean up its actions when it comes to pushing to become a supreme world leader. While they were on Capitol Hill yesterday, national security officials testified before the Senate Intelligence Committee about the threats to the U.S. and a lot to say about the threats from China. FBI Director Christopher Wray warning. The lines between the Chinese government and the Chinese Communist Party are blurred, if not totally erased. The lines between the Chinese government and Chinese state-owned enterprises, the same. The line between the Chinese government, and ostensibly private companies. Now, Ray is saying he is encouraged about how American institutions are beginning to recognize how China is operating in the U.S. and around the world. American companies are waking up. American universities are waking up. Finally. Our foreign partners are waking up. I'd like to make two points. Number one, um, the, the integrating, the economic integration of a free market system and a totalitarian system the rubber is finally really meeting the road on that is one of the most interesting things any of us will ever see if you're following it because right. they have a completely wildly different view of commerce and how it ought to go than we do and and if it continues to work pretty well that'll be something close to a miracle and then i have a feeling it probably will because everybody needs to make money second thought is and uh, oh sean did you get that tape from me for me for of Christopher Ray of the FBI testifying yesterday. I'm just going to, we'll characterize it, then we'll play it a little bit later on. The amount of economic espionage that China is engaged in in the United States would spin your head around. America is crawling with Chinese spies. Yeah. Our, our universities are absolutely lousy with Chinese spies. Uh, China. Our, our, our tech centers, our corporations. You can't swing a dead dragon without hitting a Chinese spy in the United States. More on that to come. And just reported, a Chinese national working for Apple is under investigation after allegedly trying to steal trade secrets there. A federal criminal complaint unsealed this week shows the employee was reportedly seen by a co-worker taking pictures at a sensitive workspace. The secrets related to the company's uh, autonomous vehicle programs. Apple security personnel looked at his computer, which showed Apple's intellectual property on it. President Trump is insisting now that congressional negotiators working on the compromised border security deal include money for his proposed wall between Mexico and the southern U.S. border. Trump tweeting this morning that if the Committee of Republicans and Democrats now meeting on border security is not discussing or contemplating a wall or physical barrier, they are wasting their time! Exclamation point. In other news, we've got the closing argument set for this morning in Brooklyn in the trial of accused Mexican drug lord Joaquin El Chapo Guzman. His attorneys questioned only one witness yesterday and then rested their defense. Wow. That one is winding up. Hey, we got this text back to Hogan's Heroes, which may dominate the show for some days. (sighs) Sergeant Schultz was Jewish. The actor. Clink was Jewish. Hogan was just a perv. <laughs> if you know the Hogan story. True that. Beaten yeah. to death by his best friend with a golf club for sexing up his wife. Right. Uh, Crane. Yeah. What was his name? Robert? Rob, Rob, Rob Crane. Yeah. Rob Crane, Bob Crane. Yeah. 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 Facebook, it turns out, is willing to pay to harvest most of the personal data on your mobile devices. TechCrunch is reporting 
that Facebook has been paying teens and adults up to $20 a month to install the Facebook research app on their phones. Research. We're doing research about your personal life. Right. Security expert told the online tech news site that the app gave the company access to all private messages in social media apps, photos, and videos sent, emails, web searches, and web browsing history. You know, I think Mark Zuckerberg is a lion, uh, evil person. Evil might overstate it, but he certainly doesn't care much about uh, anything other than making money. Uh, but this is a pretty good Soulless. idea. Soulless. There you go. Okay. Soulless, better than evil. Uh, I suppose if he's evil, he wouldn't open up a children's hospital. Unless it's to cover up for his evil so True. he can commit more evil. Good point. There you go. Um, uh, but this is a pretty good yeah. idea. Because most people, especially younger people, yeah. who don't care about or, or don't understand why they should care about it, I'll say it that way, their private information going away, will be more than happy for 20 bucks. And absolutely, I'm in. This is a lot more pyramid schemey than than it's than I've seen presented some places. Uh, it, it it is not very upfront with like what it's actually grabbing from you. The whether or not it's for Facebook is often clouded somewhere deep within. Oh, once Facebook has it, it's going everywhere. Right, and you know, there's a lot of clever language around this, and like you said, specifically targeting teenagers who don't know any better. Right. Um, Boy, teenagers, and probably once they're in, the way these things usually work, they have access to the data in all your friends' phones, which would be your parents, Um, uh, and get into their phones also. But you'd have to, at the very least, even aside from what you said, which I'm sure is true, Sean, I'm sure it goes way beyond what you can comprehend in the 90 pages of the agreement you sign, uh, it's worth more than $20 to Facebook to have your stuff. It's a profit. They're coming out on the right side of that. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. I mean, what did you just say? All your videos, all your yes. t- all your texts, all your all your everything. Yes, uh, web searches, web browsing history, the whole nine yards. Um, give all that away for twenty dollars a month. Yep. Hello, Oppo research. Thirty years from now, when you run for office. Oh uh, yeah, I didn't think it would matter. Oh. Says fifty-year-old somebody. I was a child. I don't care. Says, you know, say the Roger Stones of the world and the dirty tricksters. All right. Every bit of your information from when you were in your 20s is out there. Texts, videos, communication of all kinds, where you were, what you did, all of it's out there. I wouldn't want all mine out there. Mm. I wouldn't want to see it myself. Yeah, no kidding. All right, that guy. I used to hang out with that guy. I have a oh problem. My God. I had a problem. I hung out with that guy. That's not good. So we're going to hip you to some of those uh, threats from the uh, intelligence establishment. And and not through the lens of the Trump show. Like, everybody else is reporting it. This obsession we have with the POTUS. Also, um, we've always had a gambling vice thing in the United States. We've just legalized it now. The, to the extent uh, how big it is is amazing now that we've got legalized gambling so many places and it's shown itself with the Super Bowl coming this weekend. We can talk about that also on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh, wow. I just saw this. 
So Rush Limbaugh said yesterday in his opening monologue of the week. Snurdly. I'm sitting here, I'm trying to figure out what's the difference between Stormy Daniels and Kamala Harris. Oh, boy. I mean, stop and think about it. What's the difference? One difference is that she's not trying to shut Willie Brown up or anybody else. Anyway, that's all coming later. (laughs) (laughs) Provocative statement. Wow. Wow. man. Wow. Uh, there are plenty of legitimate policy differences we can discuss, aren't there? Yeah, we'll do, get. Into, do we need to, to, to roll around in the filth? No, I don't. I need the, the policy differences are fine, mm-hmm. and we'll get into a little bit of. She Certainly. wants to eliminate insurance companies, which is a bold claim. The two and an idiotic one. The two billionaire Democrats say what? Right. Not only financially terrible, but un, uh, un-American. Right. And and so that's that's right out of the gate. Day three, you got a pretty big problem. Mm. So we'll see how that plays out. So she backed that thing up. Well, that's what I hear. That thing being her argument. Oftentimes when I see headlines that say so-and-so walks back, the walk back is, I don't know. I don't know who made up that headline. Are you saying our nation's media are sloppy and inaccurate? So I am, uh, I I don't know how to feel about uh, how much people gamble. As a libertarian, I shouldn't care how much somebody else gambles. I don't know if I've spent... More than two dollars gambling in my entire life. Gam- hmm. Gambling's not my thing. I'm not interested. Nope. Look out! I'm hearing those voices again, Doctor. Uh, <laughs> I I enjoy a wager now and again, a game of chance or skill. I gamble on the golf course routinely, but I also recognize it as a dangerous habit. Um, should I care how much other people gamble? Well, it's it's like a lot of other things. If if they're going to end up broke, and I have to, any of my money that I've made goes to help them out. Oh, boy. Because they spend it gambling, then all of a sudden I get to care whether or not they gamble. That's the problem with socialism. Here's a question for you. Positive Sean, you're a man of sport. Is betting on the golf course gambling? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. I mean, there's there's degrees of gambling. It's not a binary switch where if there's luck or skill, right? There's oh, okay. gambling can be involved in skill games because okay, there's enough. still variables. Super. I think a lot of your oldsters who were loading up on a bus paid for by the casino on the day that their check comes to the old folks' home. Oh, casinos wouldn't do that. Are well, <laughs> that happens all the time, all over the country. <laughs> oh, I, I think those people are being, take, are being taken advantage of, yes. and I end up paying for it. Uh, yes, yes, you do, indirectly, but yes, clearly. Because we're not going to let them starve, or if they get hurt, not give them medical care. Can well, you, you imagine the heartbreaking speeches politicians oh, yeah. would oh, give sure. about that? But you don't get to audit how much they spent at their local Indian well, casino. I heard the same speech from Howard Schultz in 60 Minutes the other night. These people that don't have $400 in the bank. Well, how many of those people gamble? Right. I'd like to know. Not everybody, but some of them do. Um, But we like to gamble in this country. No doubt about it. And... Is it a good idea to just say, okay, people are doing it anyway and legalize it? The libertarian in me would say yes. There's a, you know, I've thought that often about prostitution. It exists everywhere. It's happening whether it's legal or illegal, illegal, so why not make it legal and then eliminate maybe some of the bad stuff of it? Right. But then there's the argument, well, then that, that, is, that is saying that this is okay and we don't want to say this is okay. This and you is not a right. good moral way to, this is not a good way to structure society. Not only that, but the argument goes that if you normalize something, you get much more of it. Well, we felt the same way about gambling as we feel currently about prostitution up until like a year ago. There was one state in the whole country where you could legally uh, gamble at a high level, and that was Nevada. Godless Nevada. Uh, And now we have uh, 17 states with like 11 more that will come on board next year 
that allow legalized gambling. And for that reason, approximately $6 billion will be bet on Super Bowl 53. Now, this is not Indian casinos. This is, uh, you know, American sovereign territory gambling. Right. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, New Jersey's had gambling for a long time, haven't they? Atlantic City? Yeah. Or is that yeah. Indian casinos? I, I don't know. I don't know what they mean by this when they say only one state allowed it. I don't I don't know what that means. Yeah, okay. Because hmm. you can, maybe you can't gamble through the whole state of New Jersey Read just on. on the beaches? Yeah, I, it I doesn't matter. I don't know. It doesn't matter. The point <clears> is, <throat> we went from one state to a whole bunch, and we're soon going to be at near half, that allow gambling. And either you think, good, that's freedom. People are allowed to do whatever they want to do, or, or it's... You know, it's just it's a bad thing to put out there as a society of this is this is an option for your money. It's an interesting trend, isn't it? I mean, we could spend the next hour of the show talking about this because it's so indicative of certain trends in America, because we're becoming more and more legalistic all the time, more and more regulations, more and more laws, less freedom. And and, and the perception is growing. And we've talked about this before, and it bothers the heck out of me that we have generations of kids growing up thinking if it's not illegal, it must be okay to do. If if pot is legal, then it must be okay for pot to be smoked because we trust the authorities to tell us how to live our lives in every aspect of them. And it's infantilizing us. It's killing our independent judgment. So there's part of me that thinks gambling is legal and it's stupid. So don't do it. And a free people ought to be able to handle that responsibility. If prostitution is legal, say, don't do that. That's right. not good for you or her. You know, unless you're in circum- certain circumstances. And then I'd say, you know, it's none of my business. You want some sex and well, not a willing partner? You well, got a $100 obviously. bill in your pocket? You mean those circumstances? <laughs> well, that's one circumstance, certainly, that, that, that fits. Um, no, there are, like, your involuntary celibate types that just aren't getting any loving and can't or believe they can't and are increasingly angry and bitter and the rest of it. They got a hundred. She wants a hundred. Okay, that's, that's another tangent away from the overall point. Well, well like, you, uh, like, oh, oh, like the, you can like, make your tangents, but I can't make mine. You're well, no, a ball no. hog. I got, I got off on the Atlantic City thing, and that, that was that was getting away from my whole point. Yes. Your, your point is whether or not free societies get to... Right. How much you ought to codify morals or right. you know, just I don't good know. judgment. I don't know. Yeah. What about but, but, gambling on the golf course? What about hookers at uh, gambling casinos? The pro- Or how about, I'll bet you $5 she's a prostitute. Gambling on whether or not she's a hooker. What do you think of I'll that? I'll take that action. <laughs> hey, sweetheart, you're a slut. Even I'll on that or is a... Actually, uh, prostitutes on golf courses would get rich. Golf-stitutes. Because it's like, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a sausage party out there. It's mostly guys. Drinking. Although, my wife had the best nine holes of golf of her life yesterday. Really? Yeah, really. She's getting back to the game so we can do it together. Because I'm a golf freak. Anyway. Gambling um, is illegal at Bushwood, <laughs> sir, and I never slide. Your Honor, Your Honor. But yeah. here's the other side of it, as, as often comes up. The prostitution's happening any, anyway. Right. And so is the gambling. Last year, there was $4.8 billion gambled on the Super Bowl, 97% of it illegally. Wow. So practically all of it, almost $5 billion gambled illegally. It's happening anyway. Yet another tangent, and I'll keep it very short. If you have that sort of mockery of the law, it reduces the the usefulness of all laws. I mean, come on. 
I don't know if I believe it for gambling the way, and obviously most of the country doesn't, since states now are allowing gambling. The way I believe it for uh, prostitution, I'm not sure it's a good idea to 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 say to society, to the world, selling your body for sex or buying people for sex is is perfectly okay. Mm, I would, but agree I don't, with you I don't know if it would change that much. Would that many more people go to prostitutes if it were legal? If it were illegal, I, I don't. I don't know. know. That's an interesting question. But uh, you know, back to my philosophy, I could say in certain circumstances, circum- certain places, it's lawful and it's a terrible exploitive practice. Don't do it on either end um, unless, you know, you really think it's a good idea. Um, Final, final thought, the gambling thing. How is it we're permitting gambling in more and more states as we're becoming more and more rigidly regulated in every aspect of our lives, governments involved in every single aspect of our lives? Because, well, go ahead. You can hit your guess, your answer first, if you like. Well, at least with the lottery, it's a way for the governments to bring in more money. Bingo. Government has gotten so enormous, it's grown beyond our, our desire to pay for it. Tax rates high enough to pay for our current government would be exorbitant. You would be shocked. You'd have a heart attack. How do I know this? We have $21.5 trillion of national debt, never mind all the states racing as fast as they can toward insolvency. So, you know, this belief, and here we go. Now we're back to Kamala Harris and and Howard Schultz and and, uh, the various other uh, people running, especially on the Democrat end. Santa Claus, uh, the the government is Santa Claus. It's a combination of mommy and Santa Claus, and it comes down the chimney and magically gives you all sorts of wonderful presents. Well, except the government isn't Santa Claus. Sooner or later, somebody's got to pay for it. So, yeah, we're resorting to legalizing all these things that were seen as loathsome because they're so desperate for money to pay for the super giant, deathly obese government. I, this is a very... How soon till murder for hire's uh, uh, legal, but there's a 30% tax on it. I know this is an incredibly judgmental thing for to say. Talk put, radio. Put me in a bad situation. But the people I see outside the convenience store frantically scratching their scratcher card on the hood of their car and the look on their face when they don't win, that's not a good lifestyle. Having any hope that your life is going to get fixed by the lottery is not a good lifestyle. I agree. I agree completely. It's pathetic. And yet, there is no freedom if there's no freedom to make bad decisions. That's true. As long as I don't have to pay for them. Lies! Back to the bottom line. But if I don't have to pay for them, I don't care. Gamble your life away. Right. But if I'm going to pay for your food or your health care or anything, then I get to have a say. Hmm. And currently, I am paying for that stuff. Hmm. You are listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.